if he can, why doesn't he? If he can, why doesn't he? How do you deal with answered prayer? Yes, we know God is sovereign and he knows what he's doing. But the question is, can we know why? Do we, do we deserve to know why? What is up to why things are happening? Is it even biblical to ask why? Um, I know this remind us, reminds us of very difficult moments in our lives where we wanted, uh, we prayed for something, but it never came to pass. Or perhaps we are praying uh, right now and uh, nothing seems to be changing. It seems like our prayers are landing on deaf ears. I know this is very difficult, a very difficult question to answer, but how do you feel? How do you deal uh, with unanswered prayer? How do you feel about unanswered prayer? How would you answer the question, if God can, why doesn't he? How do you answer that? We still have to get to the point where we will trust in him. I was mm, thinking mm. through this and, and found a quote by Ravi Zacharias. Um, the question of pain and suffering provides the greatest challenge to belief in God. And I thought that was so powerful. I mean, you have a whole book of Psalms about suffering, people dealing with uh, David and others dealing with suffering. We have so many songs written. I mean, it's it's something that everyone has to deal with. When, when, when I'm not getting what I think I need or want, when I'm going through hard times, Where's my faith? Amen, amen, um, amen. That's that's yeah, that's encouraging. So, it's a it's a question that uh, is almost testing your belief in God. I like what Zach says uh, about that, and uh, and we'll see. I think it's one question that if you answer correctly, either it will be God exists or He doesn't. Um, or but thank you so much, Amanda, for for. Uh, sharing that with us. This is one of the most difficult questions and I, I really understand why the audience right now may be quiet and thinking through it. But I want to believe that scripture provides some answers. I don't think this is a question that the scriptures do not uh, address at all. I think the scriptures have some answers concerning this. For starters, we realize that suffering is not unique to us. I mean, Jesus is referred to as the suffering servant. And, uh, and number two, Jesus himself explained Claimed and said, Father, why have you forsaken me? It's, it sounds like that was a question of anguish and uh, and pain. And of course, the famous prayer uh, where he says, if it is possible, take this cup away from me. And so if God can, why doesn't he do it? Hey, David, Frankie has mm. given us a very good answer. I think God does things according to the purpose of his glorious will, and sometimes his works are incomprehensible to us. In the end, we are left with a beautiful choice of trusting him, as the song has said. And I, I think of, of Romans 8, which says, mm. 8.22, which says that the whole creation is groaning, that it just reminds us that we are on this earth that God created, but mm -hmm. he created giving us the choice, the choice to love him the right way and love others the right way. But when we don't, sin comes in and God says, well, sin has consequences. And yeah, so he works things out. I mean, he provided, he provided a way out of that sin. He didn't leave mm. us in our sin, but... Mm. 
it's how we it's how how do we deal with that then when we're in those problems <laughs> amen because i mean if you think about this question of why doesn't he why is i mean if if you to be honest with you this is the same question as the famous question why do bad things happen to good people mm. We, it's almost the same and uh, you have to answer that question again like Amanda is saying with the fact that they seem present uh, with us they seem present uh, with us and so when you talk about the earth groaning and knowing that uh, even the earth was I mean the, the ground was cast uh, because of our sin we need to understand mm. that uh, there's a sin aspect in trying to answer this question but Grace says Grace Natalie says usually our wants and needs are not his will. Usually, our wants mm. and needs are not his will. So we're talking about God's will in the process. Maybe he doesn't do it because it's not his will, but he can. Um, he can. Why doesn't he? And to be more direct with the question, why doesn't he take away the coronavirus? <laughs> why doesn't he? Because yeah. he can. Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he? His ways are higher than our own, uh, Terry says. His ways are higher than our own. Thank you so much. My sister is going through a hard time, and she sent a song mm. to me this week, um, just kind mm. of speaking. She said it spoke to exactly what she was feeling, and I thought it was so perfect. Um, one of the choruses says, The man of all sorrows... He never forgot what sorrow is carried by the hearts that he bought. So when the questions dissolve into the silence of God, the aching may remain, but the breaking does not. So just being reminded that he has also felt that sorrow and he has not left me alone. So it might feel like he's being silent, but... He's there and he knows that I'm carrying that sorrow. I thought that was so beautiful. Mm. Uh, the song, in case anyone wants to search for it, it's The Silence of God by Andrew Peterson. It says, the man of all sorrows, he mm. never forgot what sorrow is carried by the hearts that he bought. So when the questions dissolve into the silence of God, the aching may remain, but the breaking does not. I think I understood, <laughs> but thank you. He never, because he's the man of all sorrows, he does not forget the sorrows of the hearts that he's carrying, mm. which is us. We are not irrelevant. Yes. Our souls are not irrelevant uh, to him because mm. he's the man mm. of sorrows. Amanda, take the privilege of reading for us David's comment right down there, please. <laughs> David says, to look at only one trait of God in any situation, for example, his ability or power is incomplete, an incomplete look at God. It is like asking if a cake contains salt in it, why doesn't it taste salty? Because the cake contains other ingredients that balance the cake flavors. Hence, in any situation, God deals with the situation in a perfect balance of all of his characters. So yes, he is able, but also wise. He is patient to allow process of refining to complete its work. Gracious to comfort us through it all, etc. Well, that was a very good 
word picture of a cake. <laughs> Amen. Looks like there's some baking that takes place in people's homes. <laughs> but thank you so much, David. I mean, that kind of really summarizes night in the sense that we can't look at God mm. in isolation of one character because he's so... He, the Bible says his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And uh, to think of a cake as some salty batch of flour is incomplete. <laughs> and I think it would be extremely unfair uh, to think of it. But Seth says that's what uh, makes God God. His attribute of being incomprehensible. So when we try to figure out some... Uh, those answers as limited humans there are things that God as God has for himself since he alone has the big picture he alone has a big picture thank you so much thank you so much for that uh, Seth uh, I've seen a quote from Olivier hi Olivier uh, he says Ecclesiastes 3.1 to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven and then LJ, oh, LJ Mohan. Is this Mohan? Okay. There is always a bigger picture. God's will is constantly better than mine. I pleaded with God to save our child. He could have, but he did not. The result was my husband completely putting his trust in Christ. I have the promise of seeing them both in heaven. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing Amen. that. Amen. Amen. His will is constantly better than mine. Um, I mean, it just reminds me of even Christ's words when he said, not my will, but yours be done. I, I quoted him half when I was quoting uh, some of the words that he said when he said, if possible, take this cup away from me. But he did continue and say, but not my will, but yours be done. And God's will is always better. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Frankie, he's saying something. He's saying, may he help us understand and remember these things when you are in such situations. And I'm praying for someone tonight. If you're in a situation like this, I pray that uh, you'll find some answers tonight, at least some answers tonight, as we talk about God's word. Amanda, why don't you go ahead and lead us in prayer, and then we'll get into God's word. Will you? Mm. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this time and for those who have taken the time to be here and to listen and we pray that uh, we'll be encouraged by your word uh, that we as as frankie has said that we will remember these things we are talking about when we are in the fire and the heat of hard times um lord we pray that you would help us to continue to just remember your great works and your mighty acts so that when we're in those times, um, we can cling and hold on to that uh, and know that you are working out your will. And we pray for David as he shares, um, just give him wisdom. May we all have open hearts uh, to hear and just be encouraged and grow because of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This question is, it's not really something we can be able to answer tonight, I'll be honest with you, uh, to, to be fair with the question. But I'll try and, and summarize it a little bit. If he can, why doesn't he? And uh, you may not fully understand the magnitude of this question. Maybe you do, uh, if you've gone through a very difficult time, either maybe right now or in the past. Um, 
But also the other reason you may not fully understand this is partly because you may not think you've asked this question. Um, but if you have and you're honest, uh, you know that it's a very difficult question to deal with. But also you may think you know the answer, but the more you think about it, the more you begin to realize that uh, you don't fully understand why God does not do it. Um, I mean, should we then just let it go? Should we ignore this question? Must we fully understand, first of all, why for us to be able to move on? Should we? Must we really understand why? Or should we just move on and let God be God? I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Seth did mention that. That's what makes him God. Should we just let it be and not ask questions? Should we just think of God as one that will do his will no matter the pain that we are going through? I mean, Amanda just did mention a song that says he's not, I mean, not say, but implied that he's not oblivious of our pain. Is the pain that we're going through his will? Those are all questions in trying to answer this one question. Is the pain that we are going through his will? For sure, he can take away the pain. Um, and this statement I say, especially when you see, for example, a child in pain, over a chronic disease, for sure he can take away the pain. He can take away the hunger. He can take away the suffering. He can, but the question is, why doesn't he? This question now, whether you think of it or say it, you have to understand that the answer you come up with can either break you or make you. This is more than a question. In fact, in one sense, it's a statement, and you're going to see why. In one sense, this is a statement and not only a question. Why? Because one can conclude that since he doesn't, or sorry, since he hasn't done it, then he can't. So since he has not taken away corona, for example, then he can't, because someone can come up with that conclusion. And at that very moment, when you come up with a conclusion like that, at that very moment, God's sovereignty has been thrown out of the window, all because a request has not been granted. You've simply summarized God's sovereignty because your request has not been granted, and you've summarized that sovereignty and thrown out of the window. Now, when the word if is used, usually in the English language, there's a condition that has been set that leads to only one result. Only one result. If this is so-and-so, then this. They're used together. Now, someone here, I can't really pronounce his name, but I looked up a guy that I think write, wrote a very good um, uh, article online. I think his name is, uh, I hope I pronounce it properly, his name is Buds. But there's whiskey, one of those German names, very difficult to pronounce. <laughs> but I think he wrote another book, How to Remain Christian in, at College or in College. But he says this, and I quote, he says, trouble suffocates me. Worry entangles me. He says, by night I can't sleep. By day I can't rest. The burden of suffering is intolerable. And he asked the question, where is God? Does he know? Or are my prayers heard only by the wall? Is he near or somewhere distant, only watching? Now, if you had enough to ask such questions, you deserve an answer.
And this article is called, Where is God in the midst of all my troubles? And I think he does make a point there in saying, if you're hurt enough to ask such questions, if you get to the point where you ask such questions, I think you deserve an answer. And I want to be very positive and say, the Bible does provide some of these answers. The Bible does provide some of these answers. If you're having these questions, my biggest mistake, um, sorry, I already closed the quote uh, by this author, but now I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning to you that if you're having these questions, um, my biggest mistake as David may be to try and explain to you why you're going through difficult times. That could be my biggest mistake, to try and answer the question why. Why? Because the best thing I could do is simply be quiet. Why? Because I don't fully understand why. I say this because there was a man who asked the same questions. He demanded an answer from the Lord himself, partly because he was tired of his comforters. Can you imagine? And this man cast the day he was born. What that means is that he wanted to die so badly and not exist anymore, but he knew it was not up to him. And that guy's name was Job. If you remember this guy, Job, in the same day, Okay, they say Job is one of the earliest books uh, to be written. Um, but same day, the guy is looking at several graves of all his kids, his entire family, his entire family. He's lost everything, first of all. And that same day, he's standing before graves of all his kids. That, that can be something. That can be something. Now, his friends travel all the way. And the point I'm making here is sometimes when we don't understand why, we may need to just be quiet. This guy, his friends travel all the way to come and see him. And the Bible says they sat beside him and and said nothing for days. And in that silence, in not trying to answer the question, I want to believe that they might have spoken in silence some of the most important words to Job, in silence. Because in silence, maybe they were saying, we'll sit here with you And in court, maybe they are saying, what you're going through must be difficult. We are here to go through it together with you. That is what they might have communicated in their silence by sitting down there next to Job. And this they communicated with their silence. And they, that might have been the most valuable thing to do for their friend, just to be quiet. But the moment they opened their mouth to speak, they blew it. How do we know that? Because at the end of the book, God rebukes Job's friends. Um, but the interesting part is this, ladies and gentlemen, that God did not rebuke Job. I think it is actually several times in the book of Job where God says, I mean, where the, the scriptures say, in all that Job said, he never sinned. Now, I think, like someone put it, it's okay to ask questions, but not to question God. I don't know who said that. I wish uh, maybe Amanda can help me look look it up so we can give credit where it's due. But it says it's okay to ask God questions, but not to question God. And I think there's a very big difference. You may ask why, but don't question who he is because he remains God and we are not. And that's exactly our question for tonight. And our question for tonight does the opposite. It kind of questions who God is because we're asking if he can, why doesn't he? Because the implication is, if he doesn't, then he can't. And right there, we are questioning his sovereignty. Now, Seth is here. And I want to to try and explain this. It's going to be extremely complicated for some people. 
But if Seth can understand it, if Gonzaga can understand this, trust me, all of you guys can understand this. Okay, I, allow me to explain. Please don't don't go off. I'm watching the audience here. Okay, someone has already left. They are 37 now. They are 36. But don't go off yet. I want to explain this using what we call if statements in programming. Okay, these are simple. It's a very simple condition when you're programming. You try and and think of possibilities of how someone is going to use the program. Let me take the program you're working with right now, okay? This pod being up that we are working with. And I'll, I'll use this example. So the programmer for this particular program, the app, might have written a code that sounds something like this. If the user clicks follow, which I think you saw, if the user clicks follow, mark them as subscriber. Okay, it's a simple question. If he clicks follow, mark them as subscriber. Or else, that means if they don't click, ignore. Okay? Or else, ignore. So they become regular people. They're not subscribers. They're simply regular people. But that is not the only possibility there is in using this program. Okay? Now, because there are more conditions to some of us who have logged in. If the user clicks follow and clicks the button that says gift, then award them points, or else ignore. Now you see, at that point, we brought in a third condition, which is what? To click the button called gifts. Now, you award them points. If you realize each of your names right there has a small heart and a number to it, okay? For example, the most recent ones here, we see Seth has 91 likes there. McLean has 217. Peterson has 116. And Chirabo has 122. And we go on and on and on to Elena who has 113. Okay? Each of your actions that you perform on this app, you are awarded those numbers or those points. And I'm going to continue with several other actions. If, if the user clicks follow, they are subscriber or else ignore them. Probably they will have only one like. But if a user clicks follow and they click uh, and they are marked subscriber, but if they click the gift, what if they go ahead and click the share button? Do you realize that now the possibilities are increasing in number and the if statement cannot handle that anymore because the if statement only works with at least, I mean, so at most four conditions. And I want to explain to you why. In fact, the simple if statement only works with two conditions. But then there's what they call nested ifs, where they put several ifs within brackets and they say, if all these ifs are met inside here, then execute the outcome. For example, other possible outcomes could be the comment that you're making. Now, what if you click the word gift? You still have to choose how much you're going to give in relation to the gift. There are several pod bins to give in terms of groups. At that point in time, the programmer is not using if statements anymore. He has expanded the code and he's using, I'm not going to get into it, but he's using what they call functions. They are just simply a set of conditions which will be called upon if the user meets those conditions. It is no longer if statements because the if statement only handles a maximum of about three conditions. Beyond that, we're using more complex if statements, which if you continue using, it is true the program can read thousands of if statements, but you'll be breaking its back. And I want to say, I think that is what Windows is using to program their operating systems. 
versus the mark. If you didn't get that, you'll get it tomorrow. But that is just a simple way to understand what I'm talking about, that there's so many possibilities. What we've done right now is we've gotten who God is and we want to summarize his ability with an if statement. Now, there are billions of people in this world. Each of them wake up every day with a thousand possibilities. If he wakes up and takes a shower, then this. If he wakes up and skips the shower but takes breakfast, then this. If he wakes up and the phone is not charged and the boss calls, then loses the job. You think about billions of people, each of them with a thousand possibilities, and God has to consider each of those possibilities, multiply those by the number of people, and multiply them by the number of years and days that they have to live on earth. But God has the entire number of possibilities multiplied by the number of people, multiplied by the number of days, and each of those possibilities change every minute. Every minute. If you are to connect each of those points, it's a huge and massive program to even think about and comprehend. That is why we cannot be selfish to try and summarize the ability of God using an if statement. Why? Because there's so much about God. I think that's what David was trying to say, that there's so much in the cake. It's not only salt. And you're asking if there's salt in the cake, why isn't it salty? Because there's so much. Think about the amount of heat that is put in to bake the cake. Think about how long that cake has to take in the oven. Think about the cooling process. Think about the icing. Think about so many things that you cannot determine the taste of the cake based on one ingredient. You can't. You cannot. It is unfair to even ask a question like that. That is similar to the question we used to ask in high school when you're in love with a chick. If you love me, then why don't you? You cannot base someone's love based, I mean, on their action. You can't, especially because of what you're asking for. We are not wise then in asking questions like that. We cannot do the same with God. But let me get into this passage very quickly, and maybe it will help throw uh, more light. I'm going to read for you this. I'm going to, I, sh- I, I hope and I pray that you'll be able to see the connection here. This is Mark chapter 5. Let me read for you this. It's a quite a long passage, but it's a story you're familiar with. And as I read, things are going to make sense. They're going to make sense. Mark chapter 5 in verse 21. It says in verse 21, Mark 5. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd followed, gathered, sorry, about him and was beside the sea. Then one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him honestly, saying, My little daughter is at home. My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and alive. And he went with him. And the crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians. And had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, he will, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, 
and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And verse 30, And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see, the crowd is pressing around you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and took him uh, and told him, sorry, the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overwhelming what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and went where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, uh, Talitha Kami, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Now, these are two ladies, one younger than the other. And I was reading this earlier on, and I said to myself, you know the older lady, if she had followed and seen the 12-year-old being raised to death, they might have rejoiced because they received the miracle the same day. But the older one could or might, or if I was the one, would have said, you know what, you know, I've been, I've been bleeding your whole life. 12 years, 12 years, all of them are there and they are receiving a miracle from Christ. Now, I know the theme in Mark is one of those, one of the key words used in Mark is the word immediately, immediately, immediately. But if you think about it, this miracle did not happen immediately for these people. Especially for the one who we see who had waited 12 years. It did not happen immediately. Mark is recording and saying immediately she was healed but the truth is, it did not happen immediately. In her perspective, it was not immediate. She's saying, I've waited 12 years for this. That is not immediate. That is not immediate for her. But why is Mark recording immediate? I think he's recording immediate because he's seeing it from a different perspective. But do you see that feeling of waiting and needing prayer and being desperate? You know he can do it because she's looking and saying, I know he can. I know he can. I, let me just touch the hem of his garment. I know he can. You ask and hope that he will answer. And then he answers. But he answers this prayer for this lady amidst the crowd. I don't know why they're following. I don't know whether, I mean, it could be because of bread. It could be so many reasons. I don't know why they're, maybe they were saying, let's go and see this girl being healed. They just called him. And amidst all of that, the lady still gets well. She still gets well. Now, there are moments when we feel like God is not answering us. And for this lady, it could have been for all these years, feeling like this should happen as soon as possible. We feel like maybe 
God is lost in a crowd. He's paying attention to someone else. He's not paying attention to me. He seems like he's answering everyone else's prayer, but not mine. But the other question I had here is, why did he wait for this daughter to die? Why? Why wait for 12 years for this woman to get better? And yet in all cases, Mark records that immediately she got better. Immediately she got up. There's a song I like, I like listening to uh, that one says, uh, maybe I just haven't seen it yet. And I think it's referring to the analogy of the rising sun. He's saying right now it's dark. We can't see the sun. It is night. But the sun is rising up. We just haven't seen it yet. In a couple of hours, we will see it. In a couple of hours, we will see it. And verse 42, in talking about being immediate, and verse 29, talking about it being immediate, for me, is a great reminder that that miracle that those people experienced, God was already preparing to do it. He was already preparing to do it. And he began that miracle a long time ago because according to God, time is on a flat piece of paper. He's not confused about the past. He's not trying to figure out the future. But God is doing something and he's, do, he's always doing it. But the problem is we sometimes just don't like the miracle. I think that we sometimes just don't like the miracle because by the fact that we are listening to this, there's a miracle that God has done today. One, in keeping us alive. One, in keeping us alive. Two, in just simply allowing us to be able to hear. We're not deaf. Those may seem like, they seem like simple actions. According to us, we've taken them for granted, but those are miracles. Someone else who has not had a chance to be alive today. This is a miracle. They look at us and they will envy the fact that we are alive. There's someone praying that they're healthy enough the way we are today. I'm not assuming that all of us are healthy right now, but there's someone praying and envying who we are today. And that right there is a miracle. Sometimes we just don't like the miracle. So we question and say, if he can, why doesn't he? Let me give you a small example as we're closing. Today, I made a sandwich for my two girls when I came home. And uh, it's their favorite. They love eggs mixed with tomatoes and mayonnaise and... Uh, they love it. I made a sandwich for them. And uh, I put six eggs, two for me, two for Faith, and two for Sophie. And I began to break down the two. And I, I thought, I said, why am I breaking them down? These kids are old enough to break down their own eggs. And so what happened was I served myself two big eggs. I served Faith two big eggs. And then the pieces I'd broken up into, I served them to Sophie. And Sophie began to say, why am I getting the small ones? <laughs> in her small mind she does not know that those small ones are actually two eggs they're actually two eggs now I'm eating two eggs my kid is eating two eggs we're different sizes she's complaining about getting the small ones according to her small mind she does not comprehend the fact that these two, these were two eggs they're just broken down into pieces she just doesn't understand. She doesn't like the miracle. She doesn't understand that this food getting on this table is actually a miracle. It is a miracle. We need to be thankful that it is on the plate. Now, I have another very selfish, very selfish attitude that I get. I want to share with you. It cannot be shared by anyone. It stops here. But sometimes I'm sitting on the table. We're eating. And then uh, someone says, pass me the bread. 
And I'm thinking the bread is right there. The bread is right there. You can get it. In my head, I'm thinking that. And in my selfish mind, I'm thinking, okay, I worked the whole day, the whole month. Then I went all the way to the shop and I bought this bread and I put this on the table to be asked to pass it. It has come a long distance to here and I'm being still being asked pass the bread and the bread is right there. That is me sometimes asking God and he has done so much and I'm still asking for the tiny little bit and questioning whether he exists or not and questioning whether he exists. Those are two different perspectives. Okay, mine is really extremely selfish in this sense but I think it is something we need to be thinking about in saying maybe we just don't like what God is doing but he's doing something. And my prayer is God, help me see you in everything because you are in everything. Because you are in everything. You are in it. Your miracle is in everything. I'm always reminded of a time I was on a Boda Boda coming from uh, Wakiso as from doing Bible Hour. That day I'm returning home. I'd actually gone on the Boda Boda. It was raining so hard. I got there and I was soaked. The kids could not tell I was soaked. Because the jeans looked a bit darker than usual. It's when they try to dry up that they realize, hey, this guy has been beaten by the rain. But that day I'm coming home, and three times I came so close to being knocked off a border border by another car. Three times. But I'm getting almost home. The last one, the guy stopped the car, and we are right there with this border guy. And the song that came to my mind is The God. I mean, yeah, the God of angel armies is always on my side. And that is only what I was able to see. But there's so many times God has protected us. There's so many times he's provided for us. We just have not seen it. I think we need to count our blessings, name them one by one, and then we'll see that he does what sometimes we don't even ask for. He does it. He does it. Always does it. May this song bless you as you think about God's sovereignty. And then we'll get back to our program. Deep. 
Well, thank you, David, for sharing that. It was it was very encouraging with uh, the different examples you gave to us, just reminding us that he is doing lots of things around us and an encouragement for us to be alert and attentive to that. Um, as we're listening to that song, um, and I think it was very powerful, he is sovereign, so let's just trust. Um, I, I thought of Habakkuk 3, 3.18. It says he, he, Habakkuk is going through the many things they're facing, and he says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God my Savior. He is my strength. So I, I want to pray that for us all right now, that we will be able to still say, Yet I will praise him. Uh, because he is working. So thank you, David. Amen. Amen. Um, I think it's interesting also to note that from the passages we're reading tonight, twice he said, your faith has healed you. Um, and I know this sometimes can be misinterpreted to you. want to say you're going through what you're going through because of your little faith. But I think it's a reminder that we need to be able to have faith in God and believe that He is, and he, that He is a rewarder of those that faithfully seek Him. I think that faith is in knowing that, yes, He can. And then wait and see what He's going to do. Just wait and see what He's going to do. But thank you so much, guys, for joining us tonight. And uh, it's great to have you. Thank you for your comments. I'm seeing some very interesting comments here. Um, that uh, are very encouraging. Please run through them um, and just be encouraged. Be encouraged. And if you have any prayer requests, um, please post them so we can pray together. Just post them down there so we can be able to pray together. If there's any special way in which you'd like us to pray for you, uh, please post them down and we'll ask Amanda to close for us in prayer. Um, any prayer requests, any prayer requests as we go to bed, kindly post them and then uh, We'll be able to pray together and uh, go to bed. All right, everyone. Thank you for sharing your prayer requests. And uh, we will now close in prayer um, after a great evening that has allowed us to think through some tough things. Um, so let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this word that was shared. We thank you for... Um, your faithfulness, God, and Lord, that even when we don't understand, um, you hold everything in your hands. You hold um, all of the details of our lives, all of our dreams, as the song said, all of our plans. You hold it in your hands, and um, you are sovereign. And may you help us to have faith in that, uh, Lord. As someone shared tonight about just the blessing that came out of a hard time, may we praise you for those times we are able to see the miracles you are working and may they build our faith. Lord, we um, just pray for the many different prayer requests that were shared tonight um, for strength and wisdom for Florence and the rest of us. And we pray for Elena. Uh, she's thinking of someone that 
died of COVID for their family comfort. And we know many who have um, struggled through this time. We just pray for comfort for them and providence. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for how you've healed and uh, kept Peterson well. And we pray for Stella and her family for providence and um, just that you would continue to um, bring health to her mom and her aunt. And we, for all of us, Lord, we pray for wisdom um, in every day. We need your wisdom. And may we act in faith, um, knowing that you will provide that wisdom. Lord, thank you so much for this time. May we uh, be encouraged as we sleep and uh, just wake up ready to see and watch the miracles that you give to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.